0: hi and welcome to the lone star play podcast where we sit eat chat and repeat i'm your host patrick scott armstrong and we are coming to you from austin texas the lone star play podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for local restaurants stores butchers farmers markets and more we're using organic fresh artisanal and local sources it's a fun site that brings all natural options all together yeah, I mean, Raindrops has obviously been used in a gazillion movies. I mean, both of them. Yeah, I was in Spider-Man songs.
1: 2, you know, was Spider-Man 2. Yeah,
0: and... that's a great scene, too. I love that scene with that song. It's Yeah, perfect. they
1: almost did the whole thing and it, it was one of a, it was a real meaningful scene. It was like, holy, you know,
0: I had no idea, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <Yes. laughs> it's, it's I mean, it's just like perfect in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. perfect.
1: Perfect.
0: All right, guys, and thank you for joining us for another great episode. My guest today is going to be B.J. Thomas, Um, famously saying, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. We've all heard that song, right? I mean, unbelievable. Um, So he worked with Burke Bacharach. We got into that a little bit. Um, how that ended up in the movie Butch, um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, it, the song won an Oscar. He got to perform it at the Oscars. He talks a little bit about that. It, amazing. He's got such so many songs that you, that you know. Hooked on a feeling, right? Like, hello. Um, gosh, just a, an amazing uh, artist. Absolute national treasure. Look, he has 70 million albums sold, okay? Over 70 million. That's insane. Over 70 million albums sold. I mean, I'm speechless to be honest with you. Um, so I had a chance to um, talk to BJ, and it was unbelievable. He was so down to earth and welcoming, and just like a true Texan. Um, you know, we talked about where he grew up, where he's from, where he's at now in Texas, what what his future is, right, with the pandemic and and getting out, and what he needs to feel safe to go out touring. So please take a listen. It's a wonderful episode. BJ is so It's just such a talented, uh, amazing person, and I just had just the greatest time talking to him. We had a lot of laughs, too. He was really really funny. Um, So, yes, here, enjoy the episode. BJ Thomas. Hello, how you doing? It's BJ. Hi, BJ. How you doing, sir?
1: Let's get this mask out. Yeah, I'm good, man
0: i like that you're protecting you yourself i'm in uh i'm in austin texas where are you at today sir
1: patrick yeah i'm home i'm home in uh, arlington texas everything's good
0: that's great i used to live in arlington um on i-20 really? and uh matlock
1: 20 and matlock yeah i'm uh, yeah that's kind of across town that's kind of across town uh from me but uh i live um very close to uh, like fielder and uh, 30 yeah so i'm on the other side i'm on the other side of town
0: yeah Yeah, i know exactly you're close to the rangers stadium Uh uh-huh yeah yeah just right down the street i got I got the stadium
1: and the football and baseball so cool
0: that's awesome have you ever i mean speaking of baseball sports have you ever sang the national anthem at a game
1: oh oh man so many times yeah i've sung it um I've done, uh, I had a run of anthems with, the with the, uh, the Dallas stars where we won, uh, we won 11 straight games when I did the anthem. So, but, uh, you know how that everybody gets so superstitious, you know, it gets (laughs) weird. I've done some baseball games and, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan day and all that Nolan and I are good friends. And, uh, uh did i have i done the cowboys i've done cowboy stadium one time the the new stadium it's a little weird it's so big it made it a little bit a little bit weird and they kind of require you to um to pre-record it so it it's kind of not quite as much uh
0: oh i see
1: the sound is so bad that, sure. that they require you
0: to uh
1: to pre-record it and so uh, you know but it's all those things are still fun I don't, oh, I don't really you know i don't plan on i'm i'm kind of done with the anthem now you know <laughs> yeah i mean i'll be up i'll sing that thing 20 times a day for two weeks you know get getting, <laughs> getting into it it's like it, it becomes an obsession you know of course, when i did when i do the anthem Rangers uh they have the the lyrics on the scoreboard and so that really takes
0: that's takes nice. the pressure off yeah. <laughs> but otherwise you,
1: know, you don't usually have it and you have to uh, you have to do it and there's always gonna be that one time, you know, where you where you are gonna, you know, you're gonna forget it, you know. And so <laughs> yeah. I've had that I've had that moment when I've gotten to a line and I just couldn't I couldn't quite remember and it felt like ten minutes, you know, before I finally I finally <laughs> got the got the answer.
0: <laughs> what do you do in that moment? Do you just I, well, I mean, you
1: know, what you I, I knew, I knew, I knew it, you know, but, but, uh, some, somebody, um, it was during the stars the, when I was doing it for the, uh, Dallas stars, I guess it was a playoff game. And, uh, you know, when, when I got to the line that said stars, you know, everybody cheered real big and, uh, and, you know, I just momentarily forgot it. So I just knew that if I stayed calm, and waited for a minute and I did it you know and and I did and I did get it but but uh you know they they mentioned it in the in the newspaper and <laughs> and certain things you know so so they really you know that's one of those songs where you it's got to be perfect or people are going to criticize it, you know.
0: Yeah it has to be per- I just can't even imagine the pressure of that and 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 you know hearing that from a legend such as yourself that even you uh, you know can forget the lyrics sometimes i mean that's just that probably makes a lot of singers feel good
1: make sure that you know the one one thing the mistake that people make with the anthem is they don't really know it and uh, you know they don't know it frontwards and backwards and they don't and then maybe they don't quite understand what it's what it's actually saying so you know i got into all of that you know who wrote it where he wrote it uh, all that all that stuff and then and then I sang this song so many times that I, it, it was just like in me you know and that, that's kind of what saved me from any major, major mistakes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 I, I can only imagine you did amazing and you know that's probably just the professional inside of you too that's probably very critical of yourself singing and just you want everything to be perfect
1: yeah i'm pretty i'm i am pretty i am i am fairly a uh, lot well, i am you know pretty pretty compulsive and uh about being prepared and uh uh knowing what i'm doing ahead of the ahead of the game sure and uh and i you know i've had some really exciting moments doing the anthem you know when you just nail it just right it's great right. you know when you're doing it uh acapella you know sometimes some most of the time you hit just the right note but sometimes you don't you start too low or you start too high or whatever uh, but i've tried to sing it enough times where i have that note kind of in there and i don't have to worry about it but sometimes you, you know it's a little different but uh, i've had some you know exciting uh good feelings doing the anthem so,
0: yeah no that's amazing good
1: background here or?
0: yeah no you look great you sound great Everything's okay, great. perfect yeah it's uh i love technology right like it's crazy yeah i uh... think
1: this is my first zoom thing so
0: oh okay right on yeah i've I've been doing this since the uh since the pandemic uh broke out we used to do it in a studio here in austin but you know obviously with everything that that went down couldn't do that anymore so so you've been keeping busy while all this is you know been going on well you know uh
1: I I, I usually stay busy. I'll do, you know, 60, 70, uh, 80 shows a year. And then that's that's down from, uh, you know, 120 and 200. So in the the times during my career. So, uh, so I have stayed busy. So it took, you know, it took a minute, you know, to kind of get into it. But I, 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 we've lived in this house uh, over, over 40 years and uh, Gloria and I've been married 52 years. And so we're kind of comfortable in this house and we, we really knew we were lucky to have each other uh, during the, during this quarantine. So, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge adjustment, you know, it's almost, we were kind of laughing about it, but it's almost <laughs> it's like a gig day because I, <laughs> I show up in a town and I get as much rest as I can. And then the most of the day is spent, getting my stuff together and waiting for the show and the only is like so it's like a gig day but just no show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no show at the end, uh, that's funny.
1: I, I could do a show, rest it, I'm ready to go but uh, <laughs> and it's probably this is one of the the longest times that Gloria and I have been together you know cons- consecutive days and so that's that's been nice.
0: That's nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with my wife as well. Uh, it's yeah. been really nice.
1: Oh, yeah. Really great. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, Beachy, I noticed that you, you grew up in Rosenberg, um, which is just outside of Houston, right? The Woodlands area. Is that correct?
1: Well, I grew up in Houston. In Houston. Uh, yeah, and I lived on the north side and, uh, you know, 23rd Street, 34th Street, Ella Boulevard, that part of town. And then uh, when I was, a, I guess I was, I was a sophomore in high school. My dad had two brothers, and uh, you know, at that at that particular time, air conditioning was, you know, Houston was the, becoming the most air conditioned city uh, in the in the United States, and so they they formed a company, an air conditioning company, and uh, it was in it was in Rosenberg. So everybody we all moved to Rosenberg and Rosenberg Richmond and uh, it was a you know quite a different uh, situation in Houston Um, a little less stress maybe and uh, a a little more relaxed atmosphere and uh, you know that's kind of where I met uh, my brother became friends with these guys Uh, we we had we had a now, in that part of the country, Roy Head had a band called the traits. Roy Head had a record called tree to right and uh we we loved Roy Head and we would go to those dances that Roy and the traits played for him. and uh, we wanted to have a band like that and then uh, my brother knew the guys when they were kind of forming the band, and uh, they didn't have a singer and uh, he he drug me over to one of their practices <laughs> and, I, and we kind of had to make me go because I, really? was kinda, I was kind of an introverted guy. I wasn't about to get up in front of people and
0: start what? singing.
1: Even though I had sung some in, in, the, in the churches and, and that we lived by through my childhood, I, I that was something I I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't want to do, but he, you know, he made me go and uh, I went and got up and sang um, if they're one of their, what they used to call practices and I sang a buddy holly song and so they hey they like me and I like them so that was kind of where I started singing so wow i'm not sure that would have happened in houston so i'm glad glad wow. i'm South.
0: yeah that's cra- boy that's crazy right how life takes you down those paths you know sometimes how how has yeah. houston uh, changed for you uh, you know what do you think of houston now
1: Oh, man. Well, I love Houston. We have a lot of fun when we go down there, but, you know, I hardly, I, I really don't ever go unless I'm, unless I'm working. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm not like the guy that's uh, in Houston every day now, but, uh, you know, I, I always, uh, love, love Houston. I, you know, it was always a great, a great city. And uh, of course now it's, uh, it's a whole different, different ball game. And I'm not that familiar with it in an everyday, every day since, but I love to go down there and, uh, and perform. And it's always been a great music, music city. Yeah. We had Ray Charles would come twice a year and uh, wow. we always had a, we always had a back to school and, a, and a, uh, an early summer uh, show at the Coliseum. And it was a lot of great experiences. And I got to work with the, uh, you know, many of the great entertainers of my time. And so I have uh, great memories of Houston.
0: That's amazing. Well, I, c- I can't even imagine, uh, BJ, to be inside your head and see all those memories would just be mind blown <laughs> for most of America. i tell you that right now. Um, yeah. Where did you get your love of music? I mean, I know you say that, that you know y- your friends sort of pulled you up on stage and got you singing and stuff, but did you have, I know you're an introvert, but you know, I'm sure you love listening to music. Where did that come from? Your father, your family?
1: My brother was a guy that took me to the rehearsal And really, he was he was the guy that got me in a situation where I was singing with the band. And I loved I loved how that felt. And it just took me a really a number of years to get used to being up in front of a a lot of people because I was one of those guys. I didn't say much uh, 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 growing up. So I had to. I had to, you know, I'm like, I'm talking now, but that wasn't me. (laughs) But they say, you know, they say I used to sing when I was a a baby. I was an infant and, you know, just all, all the time growing up, I don't ever remember not, uh, not singing. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I guess probably one of my first guys was Dean Martin with Jerry Lewis. And they made all those movies and I would love, love Dean Martin. But we happened to live uh, next to a church when I was about, you know, Ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. And so I, I began to sing, uh, sing there, and uh, I was kind of the youth song leader when I was about thirteen. And I don't know, it just it sneaked up on me, really, you know, because I never, <laughs> I never had any idea I was going to do, do, uh, sing professionally, you know. Sure. Uh, so, but I always loved music. My dad was a huge music fan. Of course, he was country music. And uh, my, my, when I was, uh, you know, very young, six, seven, eight, nine years old, uh, uh, it was, you know, the Grand Ole Opry was on every Saturday and on the radio. And so we would listen to it. And so that's when I heard, you know, Hank Williams and, uh, you know, all those great Ernest tub, all those great guys on the Opry. And of course my dad loved all those, just worshiped all those guys. And, uh, you know, and I think it was kind of a way that I, I uh, had discovered that I could communicate with my dad and uh, uh, so I, I was gravitating to the music that he that he loved and he took you know I saw Hank Williams live uh, when I was about eight years old my dad took us all downtown and we saw the Grand Ole Opry when they used to all travel together and I saw Hank Williams and uh, you know was uh, really moving I remember my dad that night and how he looked and the expression on his face, uh, um, you know, when Hank was singing and I don't know, that all just kind of went together to it all. It's, it's all, you know, a part of this great, great music thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, that's, that's amazing. I feel like a lot of us uh, do that, try to please our fathers in a way with what we do, um. Yeah. you know moving through life yeah for sure yeah wow.
1: not really even a like a con- uh, that conscious yeah totally of a thing it just kind of yeah. you know you innately uh, recognize well hey he loves this music I'm and uh, you know so and I know when I had the chance to make my first uh, album with a I was with a band called the Triumphs and uh in fact I just talked to the one of the Triumphs yesterday and they have retired oh. so I was making my first album,
0: yeah, and, uh, that's right
1: and you know I wasn't a huge country fan at that time, although i did i did really like hank williams and uh uh my buddy and I had seen a movie- ca- uh, called uh, about Hank Williams called you are cheating heart and uh and my buddy t- said you know that I'm so lonesome thing you ought to you gotta, we ought to do that with the band so I had been singing that for about six months and it had kind of morphed into. Uh, our version of it and uh my dad when i was leaving to do that album uh, we would cut the album in one night (laughs) and wow uh, and 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 my dad said you know son uh we do something country for me on on this album and i knew he was he was talking about something that was a little more country than i was into but uh um, right at the end of the of the when we were just about done and we had one more song to go, I cut, uh, I'm so lonesome. And, uh, of course that became my first, my first hit record. And, uh, and kind of, you know, kind of identified me in a little way as a country, country, country singer. And, you know, I've always kind of done any genre that yeah. I, uh, it wasn't, that wasn't a conscious thing. It was like when we started the band and when I really was getting into music, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, it was kind of right at the inception of Top 40 Radio. And Top 40 Radio, of course, played every everything. Yeah, uh, everything, everything was on their playlist. And so that's just how we uh, would make up our, what we played at our dances and our performances was uh, just something of everything, you know, so they just kind of, kind of started like that.
0: Yeah, that's, a wow, that's amazing. You yeah, know, speaking of films, obviously famously um you know had raindrops keep falling on my head and and butch um yeah. and, and you know in the butch film with with Paul Newman Robert how did that sort of come about was that a surprise for you was that something like you and your team were trying to get done or well it was it's kind of a
1: a thing that was just happening i i was with scepter records uh scepter wand and uh mr Bacharach was a Part owner of uh, Scepter Wand, and so and and a friend of mine by the name of Steve Tyrell, who is a singer now. He's a guy from from Houston, but at that time he he was uh, kind of uh, behind the camera. I mean, he was a business, promotion guy, and he was the A and R director of Scepter, and uh, they signed me with "I'm So Lonesome," and I had some hit records with them. And I would see Mr. Backrack in their offices every now and then, and also Hal David and their major uh, artist uh, that scepter had was Dionne Warwick and of course oh, Mr. Wow. Rack rack and uh how david produced and broke most of her stuff and uh you know when it came, came to when they had the song uh actually I was recording in Memphis and I was making hit records and I just had hooked on a feeling and all that stuff and uh, the owner of scepter said you know BJ would you uh, would you and Gloria move up to uh uh, New York I makes mean, you see that. Uh, if you do, I think I can get you a song and a session with Burt Bacharach and Hal Davis. So uh, I hated to leave uh, Memphis. Uh, I loved it there, and I did subsequently go back, but uh, we did move up, and I started working with Mr. Bacharach and learning songs and what have you. So I was kind of in his mind, and then I had, uh, after I had hooked on a the feeling, then he was really uh, probably was planning on we were planning on doing something together. And, um, you know, they offered me, uh, the project. I was, I was working in the Midwest and they called me and, uh, they flew Gloria and I out to California and I did the bicycle scene and I had just only listened to the song about two or three times. Oh, wow! and, and uh, and, uh, anyway, I was, I was working. And I didn't have time to mess with it. And, um, uh, so when I got there, I didn't know it that well. And also I had, uh, an acute case of laryngitis. Oh. I, my, my throat was killing me when Gloria and I got out to California and she made me go to the doctor. And anyway, when I showed up, uh, uh to rehearse with Mr. Backrack the day before the session, uh, man, I was, it, it was rough. And he, and he he said he, he, he never said, he didn't say anything because I think he liked the scratchy, uh quality it kind of fit what he was thinking about the song and so anyway i went to we cut it on a sunday uh with just a banjo a guitar and a stand-up bass uh and we did the bicycle scene and then we recut it for the number one record uh, about six weeks six weeks later so beautiful wow. experience and uh you know they were really smart when they did their music uh you know, if he did um, uh, use the male something with a male singer, he always would do it with somebody who was selling records at the time. And uh, so I was lucky, just lucky that I was selling a lot of records, and I happened to be with the label that he was involved with, with Dion. And so it worked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's ama- I mean, just so amazing. It won an Oscar, right? The song. Did you? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, he won. Mr. Backerat won two two Oscars because he won one for the score. And, uh, and, uh, Hal won one, one, one. And, uh, of course, raindrops, you know, was the, was the song I performed it on the Academy award show. And, uh, that was uh, a huge, huge thrill for me. And, um, just, just an unreal experience. know. I mean, I, I was, I was so nervous. <laughs> we had a big production number. And so it was kind of, by the time we had rehearsed this big production number on Raindrops, I just had a feeling, man. You know, I think we're going to win this thing, and uh, and and of course we did, and it's beautiful. It was a beautiful result.
0: Wow! <laughs> wow! I mean, it's such a. It got inducted right. The song itself got inducted into the Grammy um, Hall of Fame, or something like that, right? Yeah the the song
1: uh, and Mr. And, and Hal David and myself that's kind of three entities there uh were inducted into the grammy hall of fame and you know i had a many discussions with hal david and uh, um about that song and, and about and about the lyrics uh and uh you know hal was a guy that just wrote straight straight from his heart you know he, uh he didn't if it didn't rhyme that wasn't a big thing to him he just wrote straight from his heart and you know we both agreed and uh, and uh, of course backrack you know mentioned to me that I did it better than anybody because back in those days everybody recorded your record you know if you had a hit there were a lot of guys that just would cover that that stuff but uh, it was a it was a perfect meeting i think a music yeah. uh, lyric and uh, of course it had that beautiful music i mean a movie to go with it and just because when it first came out, uh, no one would play it. Oh,
0: really? and, uh,
1: so we wanted, they wouldn't play it and it got terrible reviews. A lot of uh, said, Oh, it's a great movie, but the song is, is the, you know, the worst song that they've ever written and things like that. You know? Wow. And so I, uh, boy, I was so disappointed. And, uh, uh, so when it came, when it came out as a Christmas release, the movie, uh, of course it it exploded because uh, there was just something about that song that uh, that really moved moved people and it sounds so simple but it's so true that you know hey the rain it falls on everyone but you know uh if you're free and the rain has fallen what do you care you know you don't have nothing's worrying you you know so it had a it had a really a deep beautiful meaning to it and uh, uh, I remember ABC in New York, they said, well, we're not going to play. They told the uh, the lady that owned Scepter Records, Florence Greenberg, uh, they said, we're not going to play BJ's record because so BJ is singing a wrong note in the first verse. And and uh, and Florence <laughs> said to them, well, I guess Burt Bacharach missed that. <laughs> so, but anyway, after, after the movie hit and it started selling, they, uh, Everybody went on it, and of course, just uh, it's been a beautiful. It's been like a lifetime, uh, career-long uh, experience for me because, of course, I sing that every performance. And uh, it, 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 it's every time it rains, somebody will mention it, and you know, you'll read about it, somebody. Will, and it's just it's been a really a deep, uh, meaningful um, experience for me, and I'm been thank goodness that I got to do that, you know.
0: No, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's part of the American zeitgeist. Like that song is just, (laughs) you know, I mean, I've heard it a gazillion times, my rest in peace. My father used to put that song on all the time. Like I grew up with that song and many other songs, to be honest with you. So yeah, it's for me, it's nothing but happy memories. And I just, it's such an amazing song. Have you done any other Burt Bacharach songs?
1: Yeah, I did uh, a thing called everybody's out of town which was not a big record here. It was like a top 20 record, but it was a number one, uh, national number one record in Australia and, uh, in some parts of the world. It's a very quirky song about, uh, it almost relates to what's, what's happening right now, but, uh, uh, it was a great song and I recorded a couple of other, uh, of his songs, but you know, I, I kind of had, um, I had my, my career and, and he kind of had his thing, and it wasn't like I could just team up with him forever sure. like like Dion and stuff. So, I, you know, I, w- I went back to Memphis, and, and uh, you know, uh, we had some hits down there, and then I went to Atlanta and, and recorded. And uh, so we had our separate paths. But we have met a couple of times uh, just a few years ago. He had just turned 88, and uh, wow. we did a charity. We did a, Paul, a thing for Paul Newman's charity out in california we did the bicycle scene and so did and he's a he's a beautiful man uh, uh just a wonderful guy i mean an absolute genius and uh one of the great composers of all time you know?
0: yeah that's amazing yeah. what other shows uh what do you have coming up uh bj any i mean i know it might be tough to even talk about that with everything that's going on
1: you know i don't i don't i know all my shows have been postponed I mean, yeah. they're going to be rescheduled and there are a couple of shows like one in august and one in september these people are trying to make sure it happens but i don't you know i i'm open to doing to doing it but i just don't i don't think it's i don't think it's going to happen so right now you know the road appearances uh, i'm not really motivated to go on the road until i have a vaccine I'm, you know if i have a vaccine back- and I know that I that I can't be infected, then that frees, of course, everyone up. And that's what you and I and everyone we're waiting on. And, yeah. uh, uh, but you know, who would have, uh, we didn't expect this. This is, uh, put the, put the stop to almost any career you could mention, except for these, these wonderful people who, uh, show up every day at the hospitals and, yeah. uh, and uh, you know you know deliver your food to you and uh, i mean it's incredible who is standing out now as a as a very important uh, dedicated person not the usual uh oh i'm famous and i you know whatever <laughs> kind of person um so the real american uh, person is kind of highlighted right now people that are showing up in spite of the the pandemic but uh you know, I got, I have a good a good feeling about it. I you know I I, I don't I, I don't want this to be. Uh, you know I've always wondered how my career would end, and uh, I, I don't want this. I don't if it ends this way and I never get to perform. You know, if it, the vaccine and we're all in trouble for years to come, then so be it. But uh, I'm thinking that probably by next fall, for sure, we'll be back we'll be back on the road and i'm i'm hoping uh, you know i can get maybe earlier as soon as i can get vaccinated and we all get get that vaccination and we'll be back to back to doing what we do you know
0: gosh i really hope so i know your fans would um would love that of course and and of course it for it to be safe which is you know your concern yeah. as well, and my you know, it's concern it's gotta as be safe well. because
1: yeah, I mean even the drive-in situation, I mean I don't I don't know about, you know, maybe yeah. up to, up to four people in a car and you're so it's all it has this dangerous quality uh, uh you know that the vaccine will will wipe out. So that's uh, you know, I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm kind of in one of the I'm I'm in, I'm in great shape. You know, I feel I feel good and I'm I'm uh, I can do anything I want to and uh, I get around well, and, uh, and I'm, I, you know, I work out, and I'm, I'm in great shape. But uh, I am at, a, at the age where I'm in one of the danger, uh, the dangerous groups, and that it affects really badly. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, maybe safer than I need to be. You know,
0: that's probably a good thing. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see why that would be a bad. thing. your fans want you around, BJ. I promise you, we all want you around. <laughs> You do everything you have to, to stay safe. Uh, cause that you're a treasure, my man, like we, we nothing to happen to you. Um, <laughs> look, I know, I know you don't have much time BJ. So I'll just leave with this one last question. Um, my fave one of my favorite movies of all time is reservoir dogs. And yeah. you know, what you, are your songs is famously played in that and on the soundtrack. And I think it actually sort of made this boom of like movie soundtracks taking off and and getting a lot of sales. I, I'm just curious of like the reaction to that. Did you expect your song to be in a movie like that as well?
1: You know, you know what you, you're going to have to tell me which song was in it.
0: Hooked on a feeling.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause wow, that was a long while back. That's a long, well, you're right. I'm you, sorry.
0: I, I'm sorry. It is. It's a long way. You know,
1: back. I, I, every time I hear him in the movie, I guess raindrops. So kind of overshadows any other song that I've had in a movie, but, uh,
0: It's Quentin Tarantino's Uh, uh, first movie. Yeah, I love I love
1: that movie. I can't believe I can't. I have basically kind of forgotten that it was in there. I just uh, (laughs) the the first thing I think of is I I wish it had been my version in the Guardian of the Galaxy. I know
0: that's what I. uh, Me too. That
1: Oogachega (laughs) thing, man. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but it really it really worked. And of course, one of my best friends is Mark James, who wrote Hooked on a Feeling," so. you know i never did worry about uh that that cover version or anything uh uh yeah. because it was making making my buddy money and i, I never bothered where did it. that
0: Uga chaka come from do you know well, you know, you know
1: there were uh, of course these guys blue swedes so i get they were from sweden but the Uga Chugga comes out of a song called running bear that oh. was back in the 50s oh wow uh about an indian maiden called running bear and uh um, uh, there's another sim. Oh yeah, uh, and it was my record, so I guess that's the other similarity. But they put that together, and I think they uh, they were correct in doing that because of the one thing about the Uga Chugga is it is a great production, and I don't think they ever could have recreated that that sitar ride that Reggie Young did. Uh, Reggie Young was uh, eventually the most recorded guitar player of all time. Oh wow. And he and he played that electric sitar in the Hooked on Feeling. So they knew they couldn't re- they couldn't do that so they they <laughs> did something else and then you know what they did they put together a really a, a great record so you know great. That's awesome. But it, it, to answer your question it's really it's really great all the movies that Raindrops has been in and of course Wrong Songs been in a couple of movies. And, uh, and with hooked on a field and the reservoir dogs is one of my favorite movies. And I can't believe it. I didn't realize, I didn't realize or had forgotten that rain, uh, that hooked hooked was in there, but uh, you get a big charge out of that man. And of course, Bacharach and David, they created that whole, that whole, uh, wrinkle there, that whole genre of, of the uh, movie, uh, the movie songs. So they, That's you know, awesome. with, the, with the bond things and the, and, um, uh, the, the great songs they've done so they kind of created that whole thing and it's, it was great to be kind of right at the first of that
0: yeah i mean raindrops has obviously been used in a gazillion movies i mean both of them yeah already, it was a spider-man
1: Two. you know was spider-man Two? yeah
0: was, that's a great uh, scene too i love that scene with that song it's yeah
1: perfect. they almost did the whole thing and it, it was one of a it was a real meaningful scene. It was like holy. You know, I had no idea. You know.
0: <laughs> oh man. <Yes. laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's just like perfect in the movie. Yeah. It's it's yeah. perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's crazy. I wanna have
1: to punch up, uh, we're gonna have to punch up. We're gonna have to you know punch up a uh, reservoir dogs. I, mean, I need to watch that again.
0: Yes. 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 Great. So, movie. Good. Yes, oh, amazing movie. Well, um, look, BJ, I won't take up too much of your time. I appreciate it. we've actually gone over a few minutes and then I had a lot that I was allowed with you. So, I really appreciate you just being patient with me and understanding and uh sitting through this with me. Uh it's been an honor to have you on the show. Yeah, it
1: was it was it was, it was very interesting, uh you know. It it, it wasn't just a run of the mill kind of thing. Uh it was it was a lot of fun and I appreciate talking to you. I'm glad you thought of me and uh but we'll do it again sometime.
0: Yes, BJ. Always thinking of again, you're a national treasure. I was a little nervous to be honest with you talking to you. I I spoke with Johnny Mathis a couple of weeks ago and I felt the same way. Same nerves. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. You, legends. Yeah. You know, it's it's I don't want to say anything wrong. That's the truth. Like I just Oh man. Oh.
1: You couldn't say anything wrong with me, man. I'm not I'm not that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're Texan. That's what I love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, BJ. We'll talk soon. Okay, buddy.
1: You t- take care.
0: All right. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to email the podcast at Patrick at texasrealfood.com And don't forget, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, all the different places you can get podcasts. You'll You'll find us on there. Or you can just go to our website. Go to thelonestarplate.com. And you can check us out on YouTube if you want to watch it. You know, we video these now, you know, on a little webcam here and go to the Texas Real Food YouTube channel and you can find it there. Make sure to follow uh, Texas Real Food as well on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe. Um, And if you, you know, are so inclined, please leave us a review anywhere you can. You know, follow us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, Without you guys, we'll, you know, what's the point of doing this? So if you have any suggestions on how we can make the show better, please let us know. Thanks again. Be safe out there. Wash your hands.